0: The following podcast is an Embassy Row production.
1: Hi, this is Sarah Riff, and welcome to Having It All in Other Lies, the podcast where I talk to people I admire about letting go of perfection, embracing the chaos, and redefining what success and happiness look like to them. Because ultimately, the only definition that matters is our own. Joan Crawford once said, I think the most important thing a woman can have, next to talent, of course, is her hairdresser. And for that reason and more, today's guest is a very special one to me. Not only does she know where the bodies are buried, AKA what my real hair color is, but without her skilled coloring prowess, I would be just Norma Jean, but instead she transforms me into Marilyn or as I always ask for, something closer to JLo. Hair colorist Tracy Cunningham's client list is essentially every actress, performer, model you could think of from Charlize Theron to Margot Robbie to Emma Stone, just to name a few, only because I really want to get to our interview. Her incomparable talent is matched only by her generosity of spirit, always treating everyone who sits in her chair with the same kindness, which is why she has been tapped by brands like Redken and revolutionary hair product Olaplex to serve as their creative consultant and ambassador. I know that you guys will enjoy hearing all about how Tracy went from being Bette Midler's nanny to arguably the most sought after hair colorist in the world, somehow remaining one of the most humble and low-key people that I know. So without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode with Tracy Cunningham. Tracy, this is a very exciting day for me. Number one, because I love you so much, but number two, because I know that this is slightly uncomfortable for you and you didn't really want to do this. And so I'm very happy to give you your shine because you're the least self-promoting person that I know, but obviously the most talented and well-regarded. So thank you for being here. It is my pleasure. I don't know if it is yours, but I'm very excited also to see mine. you. Also Also yours. Well, you look great. You have a big setup. I know you have a new book release. Is that the book behind you, True Color? It is. So this is a best-selling book just released on May 4th. You timed it with my birthday, which was very thoughtful. And it's already, I saw on Amazon, the number one bestseller. That's huge.
0: Isn't that amazing? I I don't even know what to say. I mean, I
1: think it's just congratulations. And obviously everybody is responding to this book and wants to know about all your secrets. If you know actual everybody's true color, as you say... Exactly. Then you're like, you're the secret keeper.
0: Well, we are the secret keepers for sure. I even have my assistant sign confidentiality agreements with me and like everything that they see around us. So mm-hmm. they can't talk about anything. We keep it locked in. Sarah, you okay. can talk about anything in my chat. Oh, good.
1: Oh, okay. Well, good. I, I know that now now that I know that my secrets are safe. So where am I finding you today?
0: In Los Angeles.
1: Okay. And how are you doing? Or as I would say, how are you really?
0: I am super tired today. Mm-hmm. Usually my job is very physical. And today its it, is, it uh, I'm doing a bunch of press and it's a whole different type of exhaustion. Right.
1: You are, I would say, the hardest working person that I know. I mean, because you will be traveling to see a client Tracy will go to Spain for 18 hours and then will come and be on the salon floor at 8.30 a.m. the next day straight from the plane. But I understand it's the talking and the promoting is is a different exercise, right?
0: Right. And getting putting makeup on and getting yourself together. I feel like it's just a normal day in the life of Sarah Riff, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's a little different.
1: Right. I know. It's like we're on opposite sides right now. What was the last lie that you told?
0: The last lie that I told, I don't even know if I should say it. I think you should. Okay. When I came back from the Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. my friend had signed me up for the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And I was filling out the forms Mm -hmm. uh, online. You have to fill out a form online. And I was like, wait a second. It asks if I've been out of the country in the last 14 days. And the person I was with said, oh, it's no big deal. Just say you haven't been. Mm-hmm. So I did, and then mm-hmm. it started messing with me, and I was freaking out inside, and I couldn't go through with it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to wait for my vaccine. and you know, you know how long I've been waiting for the Johnson and Johnson. So I waited the fourteen days, and mm-hmm. I had my appointment scheduled, my vaccine scheduled for the for a Friday, just in case I had some side effects and then that wednesday it got taken off the market oh but that was my last lie i and i didn't go through with it just so you know so on what occasion do you think it's okay to lie um well my husband says i lie to him all the time and i said that's not true what i do is <laughs> I don't tell you things because omission because you can't handle it Mm-hmm. And he says that's just like lying. But I do not think lying is good, just so you know. Right. Okay. But if you are protecting
1: your husband in that case, it's okay. Right.
0: Things you can't handle. All right. What have you had enough of lately? Um, quarantine, mm-hmm. DIY hair color, not enough vacation,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: no exercise let's put something to bed right now because you said DIY
1: hair color. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us went through those first few months hoping that we would be back safely in the hands of professionals soon, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the case, right? And so a lot of people had to turn to, I'm gonna whisper with the box color, right?
0: Right, or if you were close enough with your hair colorist, we would send you a kit. Right, but we're not all in that situation. We're not. So what is the worst
1: part about doing that DIY color? Is it just like, is it about our own application or it's about you're coming in, you're seeing people with terrible shades, like they've done it wrong?
0: Picking the right color, pulling the box color all the way through to your ends. It's just all around, not a good vibe. But if you've always colored your hair at home, then you know what you're doing, girl, and it's fine. Right, so it's it's more about the novices. Okay, yeah. so
1: Tracy, we, we know how hard the last year has been and we know how much we've lost, but what do you feel you have gained?
0: What have I gained? Wow, I would love to say that I've grown, but I really haven't. <laughs> so, Really? Uh, no, and you know what? During the quarantine, when we were home for 75 days, I wish that I would have enjoyed myself more, but I was mm-hmm. too freaked out. I didn't right. enjoy it myself. And then I went straight into work. And as glamorous as people think my job is, it's not. And I What? Yeah, exactly. The truth is, is that I work in the service business mm-hmm. and I'm very good at it. Very good at saying yes and never saying no. And I'm still doing that. But I don't really know how I could do my job and not. Say yes. Well, you're in that
1: tricky position where you're actually, there's no passivity to what you do, right? Like, so there's not something certainly like now with the book and with Olaplex and products and tutorials, that's something that can serve you while you're not actually doing the labor. But the hardest part I would imagine of your job, aside from high maintenance people like me, is that you have to show up. You have to do it. You have to physically be there
0: all of the time. Right. Right you have to be there. You, it's not like, you know, I'm having so many clients telling me that they're moving away they are They might be moving to Ohio for the year and taking a break with their kids or moving to the Hamptons for, you know, because they can mm-hmm. work from home and my life is so different. It's so physical. So I wish something like that could happen. I wish that I could go and experience life some other place. That would be fun, but I I have such a great life, so it's okay.
1: Right. Well, but that's something that you and I talk about too, because it's like, listen, for my own selfish reasons, obviously, I love that you are so committed to showing up and to being there for your clients. And as your friend, I'm always like, you need to put yourself first. And if you need to say no to people, you need to say no. But hair is cyclical, right? Like, it's like, I have to get my hair colored all the time.
0: But if it's them that I'm saying no to, they're like, What? right i I could pretend that I would have a different reaction, but i'll I'll turn
1: to my l'oreal box. It's all good, okay, so Tracy, growing up, what did you envision for your life? You have this incredible, like you said, lifestyle that you have built from nothing, but what did you envision for yourself?
0: I wish that I had some sort of great powerhouse fantasy for you, but truthfully, I wanted to get married and have five kids and cook and just be the best mother ever. Mm-hmm. And that did not work out for me. And it But was you funny. are the best mother ever. Well, I don't know about just that. Just not to five. Not to five, but it's very hard to be a mom and work full time. But, you know, I think as long as you do the best job that you can do, you can't beat yourself up about it. I have conversations mm-hmm. with my son about it. Sometimes. But you know, things don't always work out as planned. I remember all my friends were going away to school, going away to college, and they were studying women's studies. Like that was their major. And they're a big feminist. And I was completely against that. And I you're an anti-feminist. I was an anti-feminist. Yeah. And where I come from a long line of great feminist women. But It turns out that they're all stay-at-home moms, Mm -hmm. and I'm the powerhouse. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, I think it's a perfect example and metaphor
1: for the fact that you can't ever plan everything, you know, or that so little is in our control, right? Like, we can make all the plans, but sometimes life has something else to offer first of all let me ask you a question i asked you this off the cuff one time do you believe in the notion of having it all and if so what did you
0: think that would look like to you well because i could be like a fly on a wall with the most powerful successful women in the world i can tell you right now that you can't have it all Mm -hmm. and before you made this podcast Me and my friends would always say, women can't have it all, and women are lied to. So I feel bad for women that were lied to and said, you know, you can do it all. You can be the executive. You can do this. You can do that. You can do your whole life and then wait to have your babies when you're 45. And I mean, there were so many of my friends were so lied to, and it really damaged them because they're so successful But they missed out on having children or just enjoying life. I mean, you don't always, you know, you can't have kids to make you happy. But there's so many lies going around, Sarah. It's really hard.
1: No, and I think that
0: that's why it's so important to have these conversations
1: because, like you said, people look at someone like you too. You do have a son, and you have built this incredible career. And I know that that's not without a lot of struggle and and times that you know you have to make choices, like you said, that don't necessarily function in the way that you thought you would. You're not a stay at home mom with five kids, but you have to make a lot of sacrifices to where you are. And I think the idea that You're going to be able to do it all seamlessly is pretty untenable. And I think the more people that can acknowledge that, the less, hopefully, women will feel that internal pressure because men do not struggle with this. Okay. So I know from your best-selling book, True Color, that you did not start out doing hair, right? So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and the sort of work that you started doing before you got into going to beauty school.
0: First of all, I always did hair when I was mm-hmm. in high school, even younger, but I would I would do everyone's hair in high school. And everyone just assumed that I would go away to beauty school. But what happened was when everybody was applying to colleges or vocational schools, I don't know what it was. I just felt like maybe this isn't the career that I want to go in because the girls that were that were all signing up for beauty school, were doing it because they didn't know what else to do, where Mm -hmm. it was my passion. And it had Mm -hmm. always been my passion. And I don't know, I just sort of did something different. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I jumped in my car and I drove down to California and I worked at the jelly company. It was a real estate office. But where did you you grow up? I grew up in Seattle. So I knew that real estate wasn't for me. Then I did move to Merrill Lynch, this real estate office, and then I wound up being a personal assistant to this guy, Mike Bruno, who I have not spoken to since, but he did create First Dibs. Oh, God. Why don't
1: you talk to him anymore? That feels like a good relationship to have, especially as you're furnishing homes. Right. Shout out to Mike Bruno.
0: Right. He was pretty fabulous, even at like 20, whatever he was. Mm -hmm. He was like 25, and I must have been... 18. So and then I moved up to LA and I was I did odd jobs mm-hmm. and I was working at LA Models. They decided to open up a headhunters agency and I was working there and I got fired. And then I got a job at PMK. Wait, fired for what? Fired? I don't know. They said I wasn't doing my job, but mm-hmm.
1: but what do you think it
0: really was about? I don't. I honestly don't know because I really tried very hard. Oh, okay. That was their mistake. That was big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. 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 Then you got a job at PMK as a publicist. As a as a receptionist. Okay. And I was so depressed, mm-hmm. and I just I heard that Bette Midler was looking for a nanny, so I applied and I got the job, and I just thought this would be really good for me. Because it's everything I want to do.
1: Right. Which was what? Be around Bette Midler and watch her kids.
0: Right. Be a housewife. Yeah. everything I know from Bette Midler.
1: And then, so as the folklore goes, or, you know, as well as the intro to your book, Bette said that you were an incredible nanny, but you didn't know how
0: to cook. Right. She says that, but I did cook for her and she didn't like it. Apparently not very well. Right. But I could cook. Okay. Well, so
1: then Bet in true Bet form, right? Yes. yes. Sends you to cooking school, which is by the way, if I had a nanny who was just terrible at cooking, I couldn't imagine I'd be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send her to culinary school. Like that's incredible. And I want to say as an aside and my personal feelings about Bet aside, because Tracy knows that I was snubbed by Bet once as a child when I tried to take a photo with her at the beach and it's haunted me ever since. I've never been able to get past it. You were probably there. And actually, you were probably the person that we asked. And you probably said, not now. She was probably in her bathing suit and probably didn't want to take, you know, a photo with a beaches fan, but it's it's haunted me. But that aside, we have a lot to thank about for because not only did she send you to culinary school, but then it seems like you were ascending the ranks of the midler house, correct? Mm-hmm. And then you became her assistant. Mm-hmm. And then she speaks about you meeting somebody and you all of a sudden became a young mom, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And Bet still has you in her employ. Yes. But that you came to bet saying she could, or she sensed one
0: day that you weren't happy, right? Well, she, we had a huge earthquake and she decided she would move to New York
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I wasn't going to move to New York. So mm-hmm. I started looking for another job and I found mm-hmm. a job and mm-hmm. I used to do her hair too. I used to watch Robert Ramos do her hair and I would try to do her hair the way Robert did her hair. He was, he's pretty magical, that Robert Ramos. You're working for
1: Bet for several years at this point because she says you become pregnant. It's sort of like they're having a baby, right? Like they're so excited to have... You and this new baby as part of their family, they are in the delivery room with you, right? Literally, yeah, she was. She was my Lamasque. Okay. Yes. Can't take a photo with me, but can deliver your baby. But okay.
0: And then, so she's moving to New York. I got mm-hmm. a job with another celebrity. Ooh. And she said, I don't want you schlepping for someone else. I want mm-hmm. you to do hair. You love hair. So I went to Santa Monica Community College
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they told me that I made too much money to get any sort of financial help. And I said, well, that's ridiculous. I just make enough for me and my baby. And they said, well, if you make more than $12,000 a year, we can't help you. And I said to them, okay, so I just need to understand this. If I go home right now and just sit on my ass and collect, collect unemployment for a year, and she goes, full ride.
1: No way. I swear. But that's that that's like conventional
0: wisdom, right? All convention and no wisdom. So what I said was, wow, if I was president, what I would do is I would look at everybody's social security and see who's mm-hmm. been working since they were 15 years old. And that's who I would give a full ride to. Cause I was at a you know a public community college. So mm-hmm. I just thought, this is the strangest world we live in. We give money to people who sit on their tukuses, but uh-huh. we don't give money to people who have worked every single day since they were 15 years old. doesn't make any sense to me. So you said to Bet,
1: like, I make too much money and they won't give me any help. And she said, Tracy, I'm going to send you
0: because this yeah. is your call. Pick, she said, pick whatever school you want and I'll pay for it. And honestly, I went to a stilo and i talked to all the guys there they were my my mentors and i said what school should i go to i really don't want to spend that much money i don't want to go to vitas that soon and they said you don't need to just go to marinellos that's where we all went and and that's where i went and they said everything you need to learn you'll learn as an assistant okay
1: Wait, question for you, because obviously, you know, Jen Atkin was on the podcast too, and she was talking about the prohibitive nature of going to beauty school because it's so expensive and a lot of people can't afford to do that. So when you say Marinello's versus Beat al-Sassoon or whatever... What's what's different or what, what what criteria would make one more expensive than the other? Is it just like the level of teachers or access yeah. or location or right. what is it?
0: Well, first of all, Marinello's was $5,000 and mm-hmm. Ed Al Sassoon and Paul Mitchell are between 20 and 30,000, maybe 40,000 wow. now. I don't know. And how but long do you go for? 1600 hours, 2 years. Okay. 2 So during this time, you don't take the job for that other
1: celebrity. Do we ever see that person anymore? No, no. It's a good thing. Okay, so then you graduate. And during that time, did you also still
0: work for BET or you were just focusing on school? So after school, I would would drive to her house and I would do everything that needed to be done because she was in New York. And I also had a night job where I worked at a beauty supply called Elon Ilan on Santa Monica Boulevard, and it's not there anymore.
1: And you also had a baby.
0: And I also had a baby. And so where was your baby
1: during this time?
0: My baby was probably home with my boyfriend, Chris. Got it. Okay.
1: Do so you met Chris early on. Yes. All right. So then, so you're done with all the hours. You graduate beauty school. And then where do you go? Like, how do you get your start? Because when you were doing your friend's hair in school, were you coloring their hair or you were styling it?
0: Colored a few of them. I mostly cut and styled. So what was your first job out of beauty school? My first job out of beauty school was Art Luna. It was the sweetest salon. It was in a house Mm -hmm. in West Hollywood, And it was just so sweet. And it was, it was great. I worked with Neil there. Okay. And Neil is
1: Tracy's partner now in her salon mesh in Beverly Hills. And Neil Weisberg had his own salon, which was his name, right? It was an eponymous salon.
0: Neil George. Okay.
1: So now you're on the floor. You've left Bet, right? Yes. And you are a full-time hair colorist?
0: No, I was an assistant. So I worked as an assistant for however long. Mm -hmm. And instead of taking the day off when I got a day off, I decided to go to the salon and do models. And I like to say that because my assistants who don't have babies will complain that they're not on the floor yet, but they don't do models. What does that mean, do models? In order to become a great colorist, choosing to work for somebody who's good and absorbing everything that you're learning, but you also do clients on your own. But models are, are actual real people, or or we're talking like those heads.
1: Real so instead of just assisting and saying, hey, get me like 7C and 8C for Sarah Riff, you're coming in after hours, you're practicing your craft, you're putting in the extra time, and you're also doing hair on your own versus in the other format you're kind of assisting someone and not really working on someone's hair necessarily right right
0: right okay you know it's it's you have to be tenacious when you're an assistant you have to take mm-hmm. every opportunity and if you know that your bosses are looking at you you have to you know you have to to do it right do you feel like people are more apt now to feel
1: like they're supposed to rise that much quicker without putting
0: in the time? People do rise quicker with Instagram. It's pretty wild. Instagram has brought hairdressers to a whole other level. It is so wild. Hairdressers now with one client could become somewhat of a success on Instagram Mm -hmm. and a lot of colorists posting photos, even with a filter, Mm -hmm. you know, become very popular. So it's just it's it's a whole new game. Back in the day, you had this thing called word of mouth that you would you would make your clientele. So right. it's just a it's just a totally different world. And I love the Instagram world. And then there's a part of me that sort of goes, "You guys have to work a little harder for it." I had to work mm-hmm. really hard to, get to where I am. Okay, so
1: you were you were coming in and doing models. And by the way, it's so funny because if you say like doing models is a prerequisite of the job. It feels like most all of us would be willing to do models. I just wanted to clarify exactly what that was. You know what I mean? Right. You're thinking that I'm doing Lily Aldridge already. No, I thought you're doing Marcus Schenkenberg on the weekends for fun. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Wink. Yes. OK, so you're doing models. And then how long are you an assistant versus, you, or you get on the floor? Two years. Two and a half years, something like that. At that point, you've left that and you are fully immersed as a
0: hair colorist. Yes. And I'm so scared because I'm mm-hmm. thinking, is anyone going to come and see me? And am I going to be able to support my child? Because there's no security in what we do. We don't have, you know, an hourly employment if, if for some reason we don't get clientele. But I did. I did. I was very lucky. I got very busy from the beginning. And that whole word of mouth thing was amazing. And my boss, Art Luna, did give me a lot of clients. Okay.
1: So what was the most kind of fish out of water experience that you had? Because obviously you've been working for a celebrity, but at Art Luna, and then obviously, like you said, when you start to get clients and word of mouth is even that much
0: more you know,
1: powerful as you start to do celebrity clients. How did
0: you attract your first celebrity clients? My first celebrity clients were given to me by my boss, Art mm-hmm. Luna. And I think my first celebrity client was Portia de Rossi.
1: Ooh. Who you still do to this day, right?
0: I do. I do. She was on Ally McBeal, and it was the hottest TV show at the time. And she had this long blonde hair and She was just the most beautiful, heavenly creature that would walk in the door. She was probably the most photographed girl. So I was very lucky to get a a star at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then all
1: of a sudden you're coloring the most popular girl's hair, right? So how long do you stay at Art Luna before? Because obviously you have your own salon now. But when we first
0: met, that was at, was it at Byron? Byron? Yeah, I think it was Byron and Tracy or Neil George. Byron and Tracy. I think it Byron and Tracy. So you said earlier that people
1: think that the job is very glamorous, but it's not necessarily. So for anyone who's aspiring to do what you do, what would you say are the least glamorous aspects of it?
0: Knowing that your schedule isn't your own, your Mm -hmm. life isn't your own. I mean, listen, there are a lot of hairdressers that do have boundaries and that's great for them, but You know, that is one of the non-glamorous things about our job. I mean, even it doesn't matter if you have the biggest boundaries.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about the notion of balance and setting boundaries. How do you figure out your kind of guidelines as far as that goes to protect your health, and your sanity when you do have such a taxing job?
0: I, You know what, Sarah? I'm so used to it that I, I don't really think about it. I don't really, I can do it. I can just show up all the time. I don't set boundaries at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At all. I have no boundaries. Okay.
1: And do you feel like, have you ever had any times where that has affected you in a negative way? Like- a burnout or do you ever get to a place where you're not enjoying okay. your
0: work? Let's go over my vacation time. I remember once being in the Turks and Caicos and I had to leave early.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: was in Qatar and I had to leave early. I just, I, are so many vacations where I had to leave early. How about once I was with my family in Asia and I had to leave early mm-hmm. and my mom called me after watching Crazy Rich Asians, and she said, "Oh my gosh, can you believe it? That 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 beautiful building in Singapore that looked like the a boat." And I said, "Mom, remember I left you in Thailand, and I never made it to Singapore because I had to go do Shakira's Oh. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, we had so much fun. Well, as long as your mom had
1: fun, though, right? Oh, right. Of course. Of course. Okay. So you don't set boundaries. The funny thing about that is that like in a way, like something should be clockwork, right? Like we know so-and-so has to get her hair done every so and like however many days, right? But it's not booked out. Is there an emergency or what would happen where someone just realizes during that time, I need you here on Thursday at
0: six in the morning, doesn't matter. And there's no one else to send. Turks and Caicos, the client had a cover she was shooting a cover mm-hmm. and as i was getting on the plane there was a death in the family and they canceled and i i just got on the plane and i never told the people that no i swear it was just so weird i will tell you this one time i was in italy
1: mm-hmm. and
0: i had to fly home for jlo and mm-hmm. she found out that i was on vacation and she said that's ridiculous just I want you to stay. And she told me to have somebody else come over and do her roots.
1: You know, so. and that's why, that's why I love her like I do. Right? 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 She, you know, right. beautiful and kind. Tracy has so many celebrity clients, but is so egalitarian without even knowing what that means that she treats everybody the same. Like I I could be sitting next to somebody and you'll be like, Sarah, do you know Charlize? And I would be like, I do not. You are so non nonplussed about it and treat everybody the same way and I think that that is such a testament to you too and what like an incredible kind of principle you have about yourself that attracts people to you as you're getting new clients is there ever a nervousness in the beginning not now
0: not really not about the client and who they are but maybe what their expectations are for me
1: Well, one thing that I read in your book that Heidi Klum
0: says is that
1: getting blonde is like setting off a light bulb, right? Or turning on a light bulb. And I think like, not only do you have an inside seat into, like you said, being a fly on the wall around all these powerful women, which allows you to see kind of fantasy versus reality all day long, but it also gives you that insight into what people are looking for internally to be fixed externally. If I have this hair, I'm going to feel better. If I do this, it's going to make me feel more secure. But what has been the through line as far as women and their hair, do you think?
0: I definitely think that hair color makes people feel better.
1: I feel so much better. I mean, I have a little blonde right now that I'm trying to stick out and I can walk out with so much more confidence. And that must be such a, rewarding part of what you do? You and everyone else, right? Like you get to see that transformation in front of your eyes.
0: Where I feel like actresses and models don't get to have the fun that you have. I feel like my actresses have to become police officers or lawyers or accountants. Cause I always ask what, what are you playing this month? What are you? What, right. This movie. What are you? Because right. The hair color has to reflect the job. Right. So you okay. Can have fun.
1: Well, then God is God is fair. God is fair. Then God is fair. Yeah. If If I'm having more fun with my hair. Okay. Let's talk fair. about taking victories. You wrote a okay. book. Is this something that you wanted to do for a
0: long time? I suppose it is. Yes. I did. I did have a book in mind, but I I'm not a go getter it's i mean this is that's so funny
1: you have had so much success but you're not a go getter
0: i'm not i'm i'm a worker and mm-hmm. i will work I put the work in front of me and i just go i'm mm-hmm. every day i know i have a job to do and i do it i have a schedule and i do it but working on on my dreams probably not as mm-hmm. as good as taking care of myself mhm so some people are hustlers, and I'm not a hustler. But you're a worker. I'm a worker. Which she thinks is more important. I think having both in life is great, because how would anything ever be invented? How would anything ever get done? And my client, Ellen Goldsmith-Vane, who's a hustler and an amazing woman, said to me, do you have a book idea? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, well, I have publishers coming to my office. And, and I said, I have a great idea for a book. and. She said, I want you to come over. I want you to pick it. So I went over, I picked it, and they said, great. Do you have anything, you know, do you have a a treatment proposal? And I said, what? What is that? And they said, could you put together a pitch, a proposal for us? And I said, sure. So I went home and I tried to do it myself and I couldn't do it. And then I asked two people to help me and they couldn't do it. And, And then I just didn't do it. So, okay, so then after a year and a half, two years, one of the guys from one of the publisher houses called Ellen goldsmith Vane and said, did Tracy Cunningham ever do a treatment? And she called me and said, have you done your treatment? And I said, of course I haven't. She said, please put something together for me. And... I, I had my friend Sharon put something together for me and she actually did a pretty good job. And the guy from the publisher house said, "Look, let me help her do it." So he he writes the treatment mm-hmm. and it's great. And I meet with several other publishers mm-hmm. and it was great. I met I found Abrams and we had such we we got on so well. And I decided to do the book with Abrams. Was true
1: color the idea that you had originally had when you went for that initial pitch?
0: Yes. Yes, it was. Okay. Tell us a little bit about what the book is about. You don't have to give us a proposal. It's everything. If you have hair, this book is for you. Um, Check. It's, good for, it's for the client. Mm-hmm. It gives you a history of hair color. It gives you my history. It gives you the reason why. There are things in our water. We I, we interview people from the water department because one of the number one things that ruins your hair is the water. Mm-hmm. Number Why? one. Mm-hmm. Because there are minerals in the water, and every city adds their own minerals to their hair. To, sorry, How can to we petition water? to end this? Because I gotta extend well, the, the color so, in my I hair. For a reason, but it's not it's not great for your hair and you know who has the worst the people that live in beverly park oh well again god is fair i always say that right because you live in beverly park the bad news is your hair is beverly park
1: like the median house is like 25 million dollars so they can afford to get their hair colored again
0: but it's not about that it's about getting those minerals out of the hair and i don't really know if there's a filter that's big enough to handle Beverly Park.
1: Do you think that when we get off this podcast that you and I should come up with some sort of way to filter out the water going to Beverly Park and then patent that and make a billion dollars?
0: <laughs> yes, let's do it. I'll, ca- I'll call you after
1: that, will be our next site. Okay, episode. okay, okay. Okay, so then how long between them saying we wanna make this book and today are we looking at? How long did it take? Two and a half years. Two and a half years to assemble everything together, all the photos,
0: all the stories. What was that process like for you? Did you enjoy it? I did. I had so much fun with my writer, Erin Wanger. She's amazing. And I actually met her because she flew to Dubai to interview me and Jen for our Dubai trip for the Hollywood Reporter. Early days,
1: Tracy, you, Jen Atkin, I think were there other stylists at the time used to fly out to Dubai and do like, what, 25, 30 people in a day? And how did they find you guys?
0: Well, I was already working there. I I was already going to Dubai and we needed a hairdresser to go with. So I thought of Jen, I thought she'd be great. So I called Jen and asked her if she wanted to come to Dubai. And she was super excited to, just like I was. Oh, I'd love to come to the Middle East, you know? So she said, let's go to dinner. We go to dinner and she says, okay, you need to get on Instagram and you need to start posting about work. And I right, said, I well, remember this. so anyway, she said, you have to think of it as more of a professional mm-hmm. thing. And I said, okay. So I I thought about it and I was like, I've got to figure something out about this. But I'm so happy I invited her to Dubai and I'm so happy she got me on Instagram. So I will forever be indebted to her because I would have been so tardy to the party. Okay, Tracy, as
1: far as goals go, it sounds like you're more fluid.
0: Are you someone who's able to
1: acknowledge victories and acknowledge how much you've accomplished already? Yes and no. I feel like this is great that Chris is sitting right there. Chris, does Tracy ever revel in her accomplishments? Tracy is wonderfully humble. Mm -hmm. She always says yes to her clients. I don't think she has time to sit there and go, I'm great. (laughs) and That's why it took her two and a half years to write a book because she was writing her book on her free time,
0: which is barely anything. Right. And yet all these magical things happen to me. I will. I do want to say that. I I will say that too. I
1: think that you are a very, you are incredibly, incredibly talented, but you're also like very lucky.
0: Yes. Yes. They just fall. They fall into my lap and then I just. Mm -hmm. And then you just work, work, work. Do you manifest? Do you believe in that? Yes. and And if anybody ever like gives me an opportunity, I go for it, except if it's for me. If it's something else, like writing a book,
1: it Mm -hmm. was, it's
0: harder, but Mm -hmm. other things like other jobs, other, you know, I'm, I'm good at that. Tracy, is there anything down the road that you still want to accomplish or do you feel satisfied? I mean, my goal is to take off a month, but really a fantasy would be like, what if I just kind of toured around the world for like three months? Right. Is that, is that a goal? I think that's a goal. It's a, you know what? It's a life
1: goal. I think that you've accomplished a lot professionally, but there's more to life than working, right? Period, the end, there is.
0: When I go away, I am so excited to get back behind the chair.
1: That's it. Mm -hmm.
0: I am so excited. Like I cannot wait to see you and everyone else. Okay, so what
1: would your idea of having it all look like today? Maybe that's it, three
0: months away. Or I mean honestly, a month. A month will be fine. I think I'd go crazy after two months, don't you think? I don't know. I could do it and I would come and fly and meet. I you know somewhere. you could. I get so jealous of your photos. Your Instagram kills me over the summer. I think I'm like ingrained for a life of pleasure. Yes, to
1: working and accomplishing, but if we don't relish and enjoy, what is the purpose of anything, right? Tracy, <laughs> I love you. Thank you for taking the time today. Where can people follow a along with your very professional Instagram now and where can they buy your book? And
0: Tracy is an an ambassador for Olaplex, correct? Or- Yep, ambassador and for, for Redkin. And I'm Tracy Cunningham One, T R A C E Y Cunningham One. And Jen found that name for me because Tracy Cunningham had already been taken. Well,
1: no Tracy Cunningham is as important to me as you. Sorry, you were saying Tracy Cunningham One, and then we can get your book off of Amazon. I have a shop for the podcast. I've put it in the shop. So oh, you can link you. it right there. Yeah, it links to Amazon. Okay. Thank you, Tracy. I know you have a big day. You are thank a treat as you. always. And um Thank I'll be I'll be seeing you very soon for a little light bulb of my own. <laughs> Thank you. Having it all in other lies is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarney Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Bigas. You can follow me on Instagram at Sarah riff and the show at Having It All Podcast. See you next week.